church tonight. We thank you for coming out and joining us Wednesday night service. And for all of you that are with us via live stream and Facebook live, thank you for being with us tonight as well. C.S. Lewis said, I gave in and admitted that God was God and knelt and prayed. Perhaps that night, the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England. You know, in our culture today, born again is a pretty loaded phrase because those two words have been politicized and socialized so much that to those outside of the church, that phrase seems no more than a cliche. And to some, it's actually an offensive label to categorize conservative Christians. If you can laugh at yourself a little bit, and this is a little edgy, but if you can laugh at yourself a little, you might appreciate some of the irony and humor in some of these quotes. Herb Cain said, the trouble with born-again Christians is that they are even bigger pain the second time around. Catherine Whitehorn said, why do born-again people so often make you wish they had never been born the first time? And then Dennis Miller I'm not an advocate of this one, but Dennis Miller said, born again. No, I'm not. Excuse me for getting it right the first time. But how about you? Are you embarrassed by the label of born again tonight? Is it just an adjective with a fuzzy feel-good meaning? Is it a cliche? Well, just remember, no matter how you feel, Jesus said you must be born again. The fact is that being born again, that thing, that's, that's, that's not an option. It wasn't an option for C.S. Lewis who became dejected and reluctant. It wasn't an option for the religious truth seekers of Jesus' day. It's not an option for you churchy people that are here on Wednesday night. And it's not an option for the people that criticize and make fun of it either. It is a prerequisite for those seeking to enter and see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. Amen. With that in mind, let me give you just a few announcements before Pastor Murphy comes. We want to remind you of a few things. Always a lot going on here at Grace Church. First of all, we want you to remember that uh, Saturday, June 11th is an election day. So please keep that in mind. And also, um, we want to make one change, the bridge has been postponed. That was going to be held this coming Sunday, the 12th at 6 p.m., but uh, that has been postponed. So please keep that in mind. And also, Sunday, July 19th, we will have a blood drive here at the church, and there is a sign-up sheet available in Grand Central. And finally, for all of our kids, we want to remind you about Camp Sunshine Vacation Bible School, Wednesday, July 29th through the 31st at 6 p.m. From, uh, from 6 to 8.30 p.m. This is for all of our kids ages 5 to 10, and there are registration forms for that in Grand Central as well. And as always, you guys know you can stay tuned and up to date with everything going on here at Grace Church via the app or by clicking on that events tab on our website. God bless you tonight. It's good to see you. I'm looking forward to what God has in store as Pastor comes. Good evening, everybody. Glad to see everybody. This is new to me, and I can't hear. There it goes. Uh, 
But it's great to see everyone. Thank you so very much for being here. And uh, I am so excited tonight that we finally have a missionary at Grace Church. <clears throat> Amen. I'm excited about that. <clears throat> uh, we've had at least two that got sent back to their uh, mission field early uh, due to the uh, big global missions offering they pick up every year at uh, General Conference. And uh, we like to participate in that offering, and we do. But uh, we'd like for our missionaries to come through, too. So I don't guess you can have it both ways, Rev. It, you just, so we're happy for them to go back, but we are certainly glad to have Brother and Sister Michael Walmer here with us tonight, uh, veteran missionaries to uh, Uruguay and Brazil. We're so thankful to have them here tonight, and I don't want to consume any of their time. Um, but we are glad to, again, to see all of you, our guests here tonight. Glad to see you. Thank you so very much for being here. So tonight, in honor to the man of God, if you would, if you'd stand, and uh, why don't we welcome Brother and Sister Walmer to the pulpit. Let's welcome them right now. We're so glad <clears throat> that they're here. Thank the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated tonight. In the name of the Lord, we are thankful for the opportunity that the pastor has given us to come and to share with you the many wonderful things that God has done. Amen. In South America, in the country of Brazil, in the country of Uruguay. However, there is one question that I want to ask you today as we move forward. The question is, can Jesus be king? You know, the Lord has done many wonderful things for us, and today we could and we probably will be touching on different miracles that the Lord did to different ones there in South America. I could tell you of my miracles. At the age of seven, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and it was a tremendous experience for me, as it was for you. Amen. It happened to me in my bed while I was getting ready for that, for that to, to sleep that night. My uncle came and knelt beside my bed, and he began to pray with me, and I received the Holy Ghost, and the following Sunday, I was, I was baptized by my father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Never forget it. Praise God. And we can rejoice of our Savior. We, we claim him and proclaim him our Savior. Amen. Time and time again, and we get excited about the day that we met the Lord and we testify about it. Amen. At the age of seven, I felt a call of God upon my life. And God began to move in my life and, and called me to be a preacher of the gospel. And I, it was just something that I knew. It wasn't a great bright light or a boisterous voice, but it was something that God had placed in my life at a very young age. But at the age of, of 18, I began to run from that call, began to make plans to, uh, to have my own business, began to study to that end, and was telling everybody in the church and, and friends and such what I was planning to do, and the Lord permitted that I have a motorcycle accident. And I hit a truck broadside at about 50 miles per hour and was in a coma for several days, and the doctors told my parents that there was no hope for me to live. 
that they were to prepare for my burial. Literally, they told them that. But they, they climbed the steps of that, of that uh, Brazilian hospital to the third floor where there was, a, where there was a, a Catholic chapel. And it was there in that Catholic chapel that they began to pray and call upon the name of the Lord. And God began to do some wonderful miracles in my life and delivered me from death. And the doctors told my parents that I would never walk, that I would never run, that I would never play sports. And God did a miracle in my life. And today, uh, well, I could take off running if I didn't have any problem with my knees. But the Lord did a miracle for me, and I played soccer, and I did all kinds of things after that day. And so we can celebrate the Lord as our, as our, as our deliverer, as our Savior, as our healer. Amen. And we can get excited about all that. But the question is, can Jesus be king? For Jesus to be king, it's not as easy to celebrate him as we do as our Savior because it is all about experience. But how do we experience him as our king? We experience him as our king when we give him our sovereignty. You see, I can't be sovereign and him sovereign at the same time. I don't know if you've picked up on that. <laughs> but if he is going to be sovereign in my life, then I've got to yield my sovereignty to his sovereignty. Amen. Amen. If he is going to have dominion in my life, then I've got to yield what I proclaim as mine and say, Lord, it's, I'm just a steward, and God, help me to be that faithful steward. Have dominion in my life, Lord. Amen. Amen. What he demands of me is, is, is faithfulness, obedience, allegiance. What he asks of me is devotion. So for me to proclaim him king, I must give him sovereignty. I must give him dominion. I must give him worship. I must give him devotion. Amen. And I want to invite to this pulpit my precious wife who's going to come and share with you her testimony of how all of that took place in her life as a child, she gave her life to the Lord. Amen. May God bless you as she comes. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord today and get to meet another part of the family of God. Aren't you glad that he's your king? Yes. Sometimes we do want to take uh, the things in our own hands, but we're the best when he has our lives in his hands. And I'm glad, he, I'm glad he does. I'm glad for the gospel. I'm glad that he loves the whole world. The Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm thankful for the gospel. I'm thankful that somebody went to the country of Uruguay with this wonderful truth. I am Uruguayan. And I'm here today because many years ago, missionaries went to my country. And they started a little church in a neighborhood where my uncle used to live. And I was only eight years old at that time. And my mom and I had gone to visit my uncle. 
uh, it was a Sunday, and as they were visiting, uh, my mom was talking to him, and he told her, I said, you know what, I'm so glad you're here, but I'm going to church. And we had never heard of that, and she said, what? I said, yes, I've been going to this Pentecostal church, and Jesus has transformed my life. And my mom said, well, can we go too? And I'm glad she did. And because it was the very first time that we went to a Pentecostal church. We had never heard of Jesus before. We had never felt the presence of God. But we went into the little church, very humble, very simple, but full of the presence of God. The same presence that is here tonight. Praise God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is here today. And I'm thankful that and that little church was full of the presence of God. My mom, as they started having service, she started crying because she had never felt that before. And uh, we knew we were in the right place. We kept on going to the little church. We lived far away. We had to take two buses, two hours to get to church. But we knew we were in the right place. And a few months later, my mom received the gift of the Holy Ghost, was baptized in Jesus' name. I also received the gift of the Holy Ghost when I was eight years old. And I remember praying at the altar, being filled with the Holy Ghost. And I ran to my mom and I told my mom, Mom, I feel that one day I'm going to be a missionary. <laughs> you know, God can call you when you're young too. The children are the future of the church, future pastors, future missionaries, future uh, Sunday school teachers. And I'm thankful for the call of God. I'm thankful that today I am fulfilling that call. And uh, we started witnessing to my dad. He also had never heard of Pentecost, had never seen anything like that. But he saw the transformation in my mother's life. And he agreed to come to service for the very first time. My mom, she had to work. It was just me. I was eight. And him, we came to church. And he sat in the back pew close to the exit. He didn't know what to expect, so he said, no, no, let's sit here. So <laughs> sat in the back pew, but God had a plan. Do you believe that God has a plan for you today? Praise God. If you have come today also with an impossible situation, Jesus is in the house, and he can minister to you as well. And I remember the same thing happened to my dad. The preacher started preaching, and I looked to my dad, and he was crying. He had his eyes closed, and he was crying, and he was saying, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. He was repenting right there. He raised his hands and received the gift of the Holy Ghost <laughs> right there, just sitting by him, just with me. God filled him with the Holy Ghost, and God also placed a call in his life. He uh, pastored a couple churches in the country of Uruguay, taught in the Bible school, and touched many, many lives in the country of Uruguay. Today, both my parents are deceased, but I know that they are with the Lord. Praise God. And this is my testimony. This is my story. And I like to tell it because I am here as a result of missions. Look at me and remember my story. When you come and give to missions, remember my story. I am representing thousands of people around the world that today are your brothers and sisters in the Lord because someone went and because of you. Because it's churches and people just like you that have sacrificed and that have given to the cause of missions. 
So I'm here to say thank you for investing in the kingdom of God. That is the best investment that you can ever make. And we know that Jesus is coming soon. Do you believe that? Just look around you. Look at the news and everything that's going on. It's telling us he's coming soon. But there is still a lot of work to do. There's still many souls that need to know about him. So we're here to thank you. We're here to ask you to join with us and be a part of the team to go to Brazil and Uruguay and also give them the opportunity to know Jesus because they are part of the world. They are creatures that need to hear this wonderful, this wonderful gospel, this wonderful salvation. And one day you're going to get to meet the rest of the family. <laughs> we think about that day, don't we? And we know it's coming soon. And that day is going to be around the throne of God. And there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people from around the world, your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And they're going to be there because someone went and because you sent them. So thank you for giving to the Lord. Keep us in your prayers. Pray for Uruguay. Pray for Brazil. Open doors. We know that God has a great revival in these last times. Do you believe that? Praise God. May God bless you in Jesus' name. I am the son of a missionary family. In fact, my mother and, my mother and father took us kids to the country of Brazil back in 1974, and I was only 11 years old. And it was there that I began to make their culture my culture and to learn their language. And the Lord placed a call on my life, began my ministry there. And we lived, in fact, right across the street from the only Bible school in the entire country of Brazil. Now, Brazil is a very large country, as you may already know, very large country. 200, 200 220 million people today. Um, it would be the same thing as saying that there was just one Bible school in Baton Rouge, and we expected everybody across America to come to Baton Rouge to go to Bible school. Well, as you figured out pretty quick, that's going to work maybe for a while, but after a while, you, you understand that you need to expand the Bible school program. And that is what Brother DeMerchant and my father, uh, Brother Philip Walmer, began to do um, in their respective areas and began expanding the Bible, school pro the, the Bible school program in the country of Brazil. Today, I gladly report that we have 135 Bible schools throughout the entire country of Brazil training and equipping people, young men and women, that they in turn, amen, may go unto their own people and preach this precious gospel unto them. 135 Bible schools. Now, that has presented another problem, and that is the problem with teachers. And so the National Board and several Brazilian leaders have come to us and have asked us that we give ourselves to the training, equipping, empowering, and teaching of able teachers in that country. And so we have come today to ask that you sponsor one of these seminars that we are going to be, these training seminars that we're going to be holding throughout the country of Brazil in our next term. We hope to be able to teach uh, 32 uh, training seminars throughout the country, training and equipping uh, teachers so that they may be uh, able uh, 
um, teachers in the, in the classroom and prepare our future leaders for the country of Brazil. Amen? One of these seminars uh, costs just under $1,000, and I pray today that you would be willing to help us, amen, with one of these, with one of these um, seminars and help us, amen, train and teach and equip those, uh, those teachers in that place. Also, what we desire to ask that you would join together with us as a partner in mission. It is through partners in missions that your missionaries are able to go and, and fulfill the calling that God has placed upon our lives. Amen. And we are willing to go. We're willing to leave America and go to those countries and preach the gospel unto them. But it takes churches and people like yourself to give to missions so that people like us can fulfill the call that God has placed upon us. In fact, that calling is to us all. It is, it is a, 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 a calling to the whole church, amen, that we would go into the whole world and preach the whole gospel to the entire world, amen. So I ask you today that you would consider supporting a missionary. Amen. Now, you may say, well, Brother Walmer, I've never thought of it that way. But nevertheless, I, I, I ask you to consider just $1 a day. Amen. A dollar a day can support a missionary family on the foreign field. And maybe that's not too much of a sacrifice. But maybe you would be willing to give a dollar a day amen, for the Walmer family, amen, to be able to have another partner in the endeavor that we are doing to, to preach the gospel, to expand the kingdom of God in the country of Brazil and Uruguay. Amen. May the Lord bless you today. We want to take you to the country of Brazil and Uruguay through a short DVD that we prepared for this occasion, a short video. And uh, I pray that this, the pictures that we show here can touch your life and you may open your heart to what God has in store for you. May God bless you as we go to Brazil and Uruguay through this video today. I came to South America as a young boy of 11 years of age with my parents to serve as missionaries in that country, very large country of 200 million people that need to hear and experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. I met my Uruguayan wife in 1980. 1984, we were married and immediately became engaged in missionary service as aimers and then as career missionaries for the last 35 years. We started our missionary career in the country of Brazil, yet in 2007 we added the country of Uruguay and have been active in both countries since that time. We are privileged and thankful for having given our lives in reaching these nations for Jesus Christ and thankful for churches and people like you that have given to the work of the Lord, both through prayer and finance. Thank you for investing in the kingdom of God. Brazil and Uruguay, two very different nations, different landmass, language, customs, 
nevertheless in great need of able ministers to go into new areas and to touch the lives of other people with this saving gospel. I'm excited to share with you today that the church in Brazil has reached new levels of an indigenous church in supporting and sending six missionary families into different places in the world. Today, the country of Mozambique, Angola, Portugal, Guinea-Bissau, and Cabo Verde have missionaries preaching this precious gospel unto their people. This giving on the part of the Brazilian church has brought revival to its land. We continue to be involved in the country of Brazil by strengthening the work through teaching, training in that part of the world. Uruguay, a country to the south of Brazil, continues to move forward in spite of the agnostic and atheistic spirit that prevails in that land. My wife, a Uruguayan herself, is a result of a missionary endeavor and now serves as a missionary to her own country and Brazil. Let me introduce you to one of the pastors, Jose Lopez, who used to be involved in drugs and gang activity and had never heard of Jesus. Through a men's ministry outreach, he came to know Jesus Christ, repented of his sins, was baptized in Jesus' name, and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. After receiving training in one of our Bible schools and obeying the call that God had placed on his life, he and his wife went to another city and is now pastoring a church there. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same, commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And this is, in essence, the work that we are endeavoring to do in the country of Brazil and Uruguay, endeavoring to establish men and women in the work of the Lord, in the Word of God, that they in turn may go unto their own people and preach the saving gospel unto their own people. We have come today to ask that you join with us as a ministry partner to help us go and to continue the work that God has laid in our hearts to do. We are thankful today for churches like yourself that have chosen to give to world missions so that people like ourselves may fulfill the call that God has laid on our lives. We are in this together, and together we can make a difference. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to invite you today to stand to your feet for just a moment. If you have your Bible, take your Bible in hand. And we're going to go straight into the Word of the Lord for just a few minutes tonight. Amen. And uh, let the Lord speak to us through his precious word. Let me mention that while you're opening your Bible to the book of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, um, we have a display back in the back where we would like to meet each and every one of you Be after service today. We have there several things from the country of Brazil and from the country of Uruguay. We have some Brazilian coffee some top-grade Brazilian coffee for those of you that need your mojo, amen, each morning, like me, amen. 
So I invite you to come by the display and get, uh, get a pound of coffee. We also have there what we call revival pocket rocks. These are actually semi-precious stones that have been mined in the country of Brazil and, and Uruguay. They're, they're all kinds of different shapes and colors, beautifully polished, and we call these revival pocket rocks because we're asking you to come by the display and get one of these rocks and commit with us, amen, to, to say a prayer. Every time you put your hand on that rock, that you would stop and say a prayer for the Walmart family. Amen? So you're going to be down, say, at Walmart. Step up the cashier, and cashier ask you for, a, for some change of some kind. You reach in your pocket, and you feel that rock there. Well, we're committed, right? Amen. So we just say, Lord, bless the warmers in Uruguay, in Brazil. In Jesus' name, Lord, give them revival there. Open doors for them in Jesus' name. When you open your eyes, cashier's looking at you. What are you doing? So I'm, I'm praying for my missionary. You see, I go to Grace Church over, over yonder ways, and I want to invite you to come to our church. Amen. We have an awesome pastor and an awesome church, and God has a plan for your life. It all starts with a revival pocket rock. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are asking a $1 donation for each one, but as you give and as you help us, amen, you are opening doors for the Lord, amen, you're opening doors that will give you an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus Christ, about his coming, about his wonderful work of salvation in their lives. Can you say amen? And that's what it's all about, church. That's what it's all about. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. First John chapter 5 verse 4 says these words, amen, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Let me read this uh, this, this passage of Scripture to you in the Amplified Bible. It says, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world, our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Who is the one who is victorious and overcomes the world? It is the one who believes. It is the one who believes, and I repeat, it is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. For a few moments, I want to preach to you tonight on the subject, I choose to believe. Amen. I choose to believe. I choose to believe. Lord Jesus, I pray your anointing upon my lips and my mind and my heart to deliver, Lord Jesus, this message into the hearts of your people tonight. In the name of the Lord, speak to us, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Renew us. Refresh us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. There are two 
monumental gifts that God has bestowed upon mankind. One of them, the first of them, is the measure of faith. At the moment of conception, God plants in our, in our lives, amen, the measure of faith. And the second of these monumental gifts is the power of choice. God has given us the power of choice. Life is a series of continuous choices we make every, each and every day. So the power of choice is not something to be taken lightly. The power of choice. Amen. You see, you see we must understand it as, as, uh, as our superpower if you may, amen, because it really can and is making and creating your life moment by moment, momentum by momentum, a momentum of time, the momentum of the hour. We are always in the momentum of something. And what that something is, that is where our choice lies. Because you see, you get to choose what momentum you want to be in. I'm going to repeat that. You see, you get to choose what momentum you want to be in. So I ask you the question today, what do you desire? What is it that you are pursuing? I propose that we pursue the momentum of faith. The momentum of faith. Amen. I choose to believe. Praise the Lord. Amen. I choose to believe because you have the power of choice to decide where you want to go from here. And then you start walking that path and create a new momentum. I believe that there are some of us here today that need to start creating a new momentum in our lives. Amen. We need to lift up our eyes and look upon the fields. We need to look up and we need to see that our redemption draw nigh. Amen. We need to look up and see our God and creator. We need to create a new momentum. I choose to believe it is all in our hands. Yes, because it is a power of choice. You can either stay where you are and remain stuck and stagnant, wishing things would go back to how they were before. I mean, I don't know if it was, it's only me, but I'm kind of getting tired of people saying, oh, I wish things would go back to normal. Amen, maybe, maybe, and I don't believe this COVID thing, amen, was just something by mere chance that happened upon us. I believe that God has a purpose. Amen. I believe that God has a purpose in it all. Amen. Maybe God is trying to shake us up. Amen. Some way or another that, yes, we would make a choice. Amen. To step into a new momentum of living. A new momentum of faith. To step up and show up for yourself by making a new choice that propels us toward a new life, a new momentum of faith. Amen. Faith always faces forward. 
Amen. Faith always faces forward. In every moment of life, you have a choice. You have the choice to become the best version of yourself that you can become. And by being the best version of yourself, you are able to serve others with your gifts and greatness and continuously rise, rise higher and higher in life. Praise the Lord. In communion with God, in fellowship with the Lord, but also in service unto others. It is a choice. I encourage you today to make that choice and to see your life transform before your very eyes. Amen. Transform before your very eyes. And it begins as we make a choice to be men and women of prayer. There is nothing as powerful as prayer. Prayer works. Prayer and faith really work. There is nothing more effective on this earth than the power of prayer and faith. It is the far-reaching hand of God. It goes anywhere God goes, and it does anything that God does. Mahatma Gandhi said, prayer is not asking. It is the longing of the soul. It is daily admission of one's weakness. It is better in prayer to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Mother Teresa also said prayer is not asking. Prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God and at, at his disposition and listening to his voice in the depth of our hearts. You might question today the use of these quotes by these people. You might be saying, Brother Walmer, wasn't there a quote by the late Nathaniel Urshan or by our former superintendent, Kenneth Haney, or maybe by our, our own Dr. David Bernard. Wasn't there a, a quote that you could have found from them? But I chose these quotes today because if these people, amen, lost in their idolatrous religions, if they could value prayer, amen, how much more me as an apostolic Christian, us as an apostolic believer, amen, how I need to value, amen, the power of faith the power of choice and the choice to be a man and a woman of prayer. When I read the Bible, when I read the Word of God, that is God talking to me. And when I pray, that is me talking to God. Amen. Man, I think that we need to stop and, and think about really what we are doing when we are praying. What would it take for you to have a, an audience, a, 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 a meeting with the, the local mayor. It may not take much. I mean, you, might, you might already be on, on a one-on-one uh, -on -one with him, but what would it take for you to have a one-on-one -on -one with the governor of the state of Louisiana? What would it take for you to have a one-on-one -on -one with President Trump? I believe that it would take, uh, it would take uh, uh, many days for you to be able to be ushered into his office and to be able to sit down one-on-one -on -one with him, to be able to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Nevertheless, uh, with the creator of heaven and earth, uh, amen, with the one that said, all, all power is given unto me, uh, amen, both in heaven and on earth, uh, with that one, with a simple prayer, uh, amen, as I bow uh, before him, in the morning, at noon, at night, 
Amen. As I bow my knee, as I bow my head, as I begin to pray. Oh, hallelujah. I can feel myself being ushered into the presence of God. I can feel his presence surrounding me. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. The presence of God is in this place tonight. There is an anointing in this house tonight. Amen. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords is in the house tonight. Amen. And I ask you the question, can Jesus be king? Amen. Amen. The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. Our problem many times is not the lack of desire to pray, but many times we come before the Lord with a, with a bunch of expectations, a list of things that we want God to do that we're going to send him out to do. And we come to the end of our list. And we wrap up our prayer. And we go our merry way. And we do our little thing. And we fulfill our agendas. But what would happen if we decided just to delay in the presence of God and wait on him? What would happen if we would put aside our own agendas and our own to-do lists and our long list of requests and we were just to allow him to mold us, to make us the function of prayer is not to influence God but rather to change the nature of the one who prays and allow God to bring change, bring change to us. Jonathan Mackey, a well-known evangelist here in America, traveled to Brazil and was with me two weeks. And he, brought, he, he taught on something that I hadn't heard in a long, long time. You see, I'm a, I'm a fourth-generation Pentecostal. I'm a third-generation Pentecostal preacher in my family, a second-generation Pentecostal missionary. And I remember back in the day, brother, Brother Murphy, I remember back in the day when the, when the preacher would take the pulpit and would say, church, let's, let, let's wait on God. There would be a holy hush that would come upon the church. There would be a holy hush that would come upon the church. Every head, every head would bow. And if every head wasn't bowed, many times I heard the preacher, the preacher say, hey, listen, bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody move in the church. Anybody remember those days? There was a solemn move of God. There was a wail that would rise up maybe in the back somewhere. A cry that would come from over here. Amen. Pretty soon there was somebody on their face before God in the, in the, in, in the aisle. Pretty soon there were people coming to the altar. Amen. They were giving stuff up. They were surrendering things in their lives. Amen. It just took, let's just wait on the Lord. Amen. We just take a little time and just wait on God. Hallelujah. Just wait on him. Amen. On one occasion, there was a lady, amen, that need, needed healing in her body. She had been to several doctors. And, and during that time, the pastor had said, let's just wait on God. And they, they waited and they waited and they waited. And, and pretty soon, this lady, she stood to her feet. She raised her hand. And she said, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Oh, listen, church. I'm hungry for a solemn move of God.
God. Amen. In our church services, in our in our in our communities, in our homes, and maybe it will take a decision, a life-changing decision. Amen. For us just to wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. And let Him dictate some things in our lives. Never underestimate what prayer can do when you combine it with faith. When you put prayer and faith together, you have a dynamic, explosive combination that can ignite God's word. And it can accomplish all of God's purpose. It can alter the course of nature. Amen, I'm one of those preachers. Call me old-fashioned if you want to, but I'm one of those preachers that still believes that Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He is a God that never changes. He is a God that never changes. There is no shadow of variation. I mean, there is not a hint that is going to change. He is the same. These promises shall be the same tomorrow morning. These promises will be the same next month. These, these commandments, these commandments will be the same next month. Amen. It is by his word that he will judge the world. Amen. He will judge the nations. He will judge them by his word. Amen. I must synchronize. I must align my life with the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Because it is his word. Praise the Lord that he will judge you and me. Praise to the quick and the dead. Amen. He will judge you and I. Amen. I must align myself. I must learn to wait on God. I must make a choice. Amen. What is most important is, amen, is the will of God, is the purpose of God in my life. Amen. He is the same. He is an ever-changing God. But he is the God that can bring drastic change to my life. He is the God that never changes. Jesus, if Jesus has ever changed the laws of the universe, he has ever changed things in our personal lives, amen, I come to assure you that he can change the situation. I don't know what situation you may be facing here today, amen, it may be a monumental, amen, impossible situation, amen, but I come to say today that Jesus still controls the laws of the universe, amen, there are people today, loved ones, friends of ours that are, that are, that are in danger of COVID-19, amen, but I declare healing for them, amen, I declare deliverance for them today, I don't know what impossibility you may be facing today, amen, but I, today, I, I, I speak the word of faith, I speak the word of faith, amen, grab a hold of it, take, take possession of it today, by authority of the word of God, and by the power of the name Jesus, receive your miracle, receive your healing, receive your deliverance tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I choose to believe there is faith in the house tonight Jesus is in the house tonight Amen, we used to sing a song way back, way long ago. You don't sing it anymore. Reach out and touch the Lord for he's passing by. 
remember as a child, I would literally reach out my hand. I wanted to touch him. I've come to tell somebody here tonight, you can still touch him. He is here in this place tonight. He's never too busy. He's never too busy. Amen. He's never too busy. Amen. All he needs is a measure of faith. All he needs, amen, tonight is the power of choice. That you would make a choice. That you would believe tonight. That you would say in your heart, I choose to believe. Oh, it's dark around me. Amen. I can't see where I'm going. I don't know what the next step is. Amen. But I choose, Lord, to believe. I choose to trust in thee. I choose to be depend upon thee. Hallelujah. I choose to look to thee. Amen. I choose. My choice is to believe. I believe. Prayer and faith has the power to move the heart of God and to, to use every resource available to bring to pass his purpose. I have felt the blessing of the Lord upon this congregation as I stepped into the church today. A blessing of abundance. Amen. The testimonies, I'm sure, have been, have been rich and many. So I encourage you, don't let go of your miracle. Don't let go of your promise. Amen. Faith always faces forward. Keep moving forward. Amen. Faith never retreats or moves into the background. Faith pushes you toward the great God who controls it all. He has all the control. Amen. Don't think for a moment that he has lost control. No. He has everything in his control. Hallelujah. He is bringing the nations together. He is bringing this world to its knees. He is bringing this nation to where he, this world to where he needs it. Amen. He will be set up as king of kings, as lord of lords. Trust in him. Believe in him. Look to him. Hallelujah. I choose to believe. Doesn't matter how desperate it may look. It doesn't matter how dire the situation. You can take this book called the Bible and you can pray the word. Learn to pray the word. Learn to pray. Look to look. Learn to look into the word and pray the word of God. Pray this word. Tell God I'm not standing on a preacher's word. I'm not standing on my mother's word. I'm standing, Lord, on your word. Amen. Stand on the word. Amen. Luke 18, 27. Luke 18 and 27 says, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Praise the Lord. It's hard to believe sometimes when you're up to your eyeballs in trouble. Amen. Into tribulation. Amen. But is Jesus what he said? For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh, that overcometh, that overcometh, that overcometh that overcometh, amen, that means to subdue, that means to, to, to have dominion, that subdue, hallelujah, amen, to subdue, to overcome the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus, he that believeth that Jesus is the Son. There is an awesome power in believing in Jesus Christ. And I close tonight. It is necessary to set your will in motion. It must be an act of your will. You must declare. In the face of your darkness, 
in the face of your frustration, in the face of your, of your anger. Because when we're frustrated, many times we're angry because we can't control the situation. So when things get out of control, we also kind of get out of control. But it's those, it is there in those moments that we need to stop. We need to make some declarations. We must declare, I believe. Lord, in thy word, I believe. You might say, due to your circumstance, oh, that mountain is just too high, Brother Walmer. That circumstance is too devastating. I'm too hurt. It's impossible. But Jesus speaks with an infallible word, and he says the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. It may seem impossible to you, but with God, all things are possible. I choose to believe tonight. Amen. If you know Jesus Christ and believe this to be the infallible word of God, it doesn't matter what is shaking your home. It doesn't matter what your marriage may look like at this point. It doesn't matter what your children are doing now. God has given you a promise. And the promise is the same that he gave to Mary. As she questioned the Lord and said, how would this be? And he said, for nothing will be impossible with God. Genesis 18 and 14 said, is anything too hard for the Lord? Job 42 and 2 says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Jeremiah exclaimed and said, oh, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and, and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So I say, don't move off that promise. Choose to believe. Choose to declare the word of God. Choose to declare the promises of God. Everyone else may tell you that it is impossible. As they said to Martha, as they said to Mary, oh, it's over. Lazarus is in the grave. It's done. No use calling the master. It's, it's over. You see, Mark had called Jesus a few days before. Jesus, come quickly. Heal my brother. Stretch out your hand. Touch him. Heal him. You see, she came to the Lord. She came to the Lord. Can you hand me that box of tissues and throw you in there? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. She came to the Lord with, with her little box of expectations. This is what Jesus can do. Jesus, come quickly. Stretch out your hand. Touch my brother, Healy. But Jesus decided to stay a few more days. You see, he chose to walk in his own time. You see, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But when Jesus showed up in Bethany, he had to face an angry Martha. If you had come when I called you, if you had done what I told you to do, 
You see, we come to the Lord with our little box of expectation. You see, we have Jesus all locked up in our little box. But Jesus came and said to Mary, said to Martha, Martha, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And he went on to say, you see, you see, Martha, I didn't come in your time. I didn't come in your expectation. I came in my time because I have something greater for you. I have a greater miracle. I've come to tell somebody that he has a greater miracle for you. He may not have done things the way that you had expected him to do them. He may not have come in the time that you expected him to come. But nevertheless, he will come. He will, he will come. And he will do a greater miracle for you than you've ever expected. Because you see, what he told Martha, he tells you and I today. He said to them, he said, he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. So I'm looking at somebody who, I'm preaching to somebody here tonight that may have lost something. It could have been a relationship. It could have been a job. It could have been a dream that's done dried up, shriveled away, and gone. You may not even think about it today. But I've come to tell somebody here today that if you will choose to believe, if you will choose to continue to look to him, He will, he will come at the appointed time, and he will do a miracle. He will open a door. <laughs> he will breathe new life. He will say, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. But for that to happen, I must first roll, roll away my, that stone. I must do my part. I don't know what that represents for you. Maybe there are some decisions that you need to make. Maybe there are some things that you need to lay on the altar. But when Martha was finally was able to push away the stone, and when she was finally able to believe in what Jesus was telling her, she received a greater miracle than she ever expected. Amen. Would you stand? I have exceeded my time tonight, and I apologize. But I ask you tonight, church, to, to come to this altar if you, if, you would, if you would want to. That you would come, that you would pray a prayer. Maybe a prayer of repentance. Maybe a prayer of, of surrender. I don't know what it would be. Maybe you choose to stay in your seat tonight but that you would make your seat an altar and that you would have an encounter with him, an encounter with the Lord, that you would declare and say to him, Lord, I choose to believe. I choose to wrestle no longer with my own flesh. I choose to subdue it, to, in, to surrender it to you. I choose, Lord, to believe in your word to believe in what you can do, 
May God bless you today in the name of the Lord. Amen. Pastor, would you? is heavy in this room tonight. It's a carryover from prayer meeting last night for those of the view that were here at prayer. It seems like last night we were facing an insurmountable mountain. And at the, towards the end of our prayer meeting, there's a breakthrough and it's continuing here tonight. I, I, I can't just stop here. We've, we've heard from God. We haven't heard a generic message tonight. I believe this message tonight has Grace Church written all over it. It has your name written all over it. As they play softly, those of you that feel too, let's gather around the front. I know it's Wednesday, but this is a God moment. This is a God moment. We're going to help Brother and Sister Walmer in a moment, but right now I would like for God to do what only he can do. So as they play and sing softly, what struck a chord with me is when Brother Walmer said somebody needs to make a decision tonight. And I feel that strongly that God is leading somebody down a path and you're resistant to it. You're, you're, you're hesitant to go the direction, whatever it is. I don't, I, I don't even, that's all I know tonight. But I want us all across this building tonight, would you lift your face, your hands, heavenward, and let's call out to the Lord tonight that God, if you speak to me, if you point me in the right direction, I'll do what you want me to do. God, I'll be what you want me to be. I'll become what you want me to become. This is a God moment for somebody. Come on, everybody. Come on, Grace Church. The Spirit of the Lord's working right now. The Spirit of the Lord's working right now. Somebody let him have his way. Somebody let him have his way. Ministry team, help him tonight. There's people here tonight that needs to hear the voice of God. They, they need to feel that compulsion of the Holy Ghost. They need to hear that familiar sound. They need to have that familiar feeling that said, this is God. This is God. This is God. This is God. Our response is God. I choose to believe. I choose to believe. Everybody pray right now. Everybody's talking.
beautiful presence of the Lord is sweeping across this building right now. Come on, everybody. Let's give the Lord a few minutes. Let's give the Lord a few minutes. sends people and they just pull God's mail out of the mailbox and just reach it for the church. That's what happened here tonight. God used him mightily. Uh, well, you folks know what's coming. And uh, we want 
want to help Brother and Sister Walmer tonight with their vision and burden in Brazil and Uruguay. He mentioned those 32 seminars for about $1,000. Uh, I know it's a little bit later tonight. Some of you folks have to get up really early. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to step out on faith tonight. But Grace Church is going to help them with $5,000 for that tonight. If you'd like to give towards that to help that. Um, thank the Lord. Thank you very much. And, uh, if you'd like to give towards that, just mark an envelope. We'll remind you in the next three or four or five, six, seven, eight services. We'll remind you. Uh, just mark an envelope. And um, you can put uh, Brazil, Uruguay. You can put Brother and Sister Walmer. We'll, we'll figure it out. And as usual, every every dollar that comes in will go uh, to them. And um, we'll go ahead and mail them a check, send them a check. And uh, But we're going to trust you to, to, to help us cover that. Thank the Lord. Great to see you. All of our guests here tonight, welcome. We're so blessed that you came. We appreciate it deeply that you've come to be with us at Grace Church tonight. And uh, please feel, feel welcome to come again. It's been a, a just a treat and a joy to have you. You folks, introduce yourself to uh, Brother and Sister Walmer. And remember, they have some things outside for you to look at on your way out. So God bless you. Greet one another from a social distance. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday morning. God bless you in Jesus' name. Jesus is called.